To all our listeners around the world, logged on to QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Download the Jano Radio app today, J-A-H-K-N-O Radio, available in your Apple Store and Google Play Store. It is Wednesday, May 11, hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. Today, our artists are... Donna Summers and Diana Ross. Thank you, Javette. Thank you for joining me for Coffee and Toll World News on the go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments. That's M I Media Moments. The replays are there for your friends and family that are not on Clubhouse and are not able to catch the live stream on QMZ Radio and Jano Radio. Now you can also catch past airings on JanoRadio.com. Once you go on the website, click on Podcasts, scroll down, and you will find me there. And here are the headlines we have coming up for you today in international news. Al Jazeera's Shireen Abu Akleh killed in Israeli raid. India put um, top court. I'm sorry, India top court puts colonial era sedition law on hold for review. Nearly 10 million children going hungry in Afghanistan, says NGO. In the Russia-Ukraine war, U.S. House approves $40 billion more aid for Kiev. I'm definitely moving. In news out of North America, New York appeals court dismisses attorney general suit against Amazon. NYC subway shooter Frank James indicted by grand jury. Wiley College class of 2022 gets student loan debt paid off by anonymous donor. Four takeaways from the Nebraska and West Virginia primaries. In business and tech news, Bitcoin tumbles more than 50% below its all-time high as crypto plunges again. Apple is discontinuing the last version of the iPod. Balenciaga selling destroyed sneakers for $1,850. Signs that show a WhatsApp text is dangerous. In Health and Sounds News, one week social media break reduces anxiety and depression. In Sports News, Tom Brady set to be lead analyst for Fox Sports following NFL retirement. The Denver Broncos could set a record for the most money spent on a sports franchise if sold for more than $5 billion. In NBA news, top-seeded Suns Heat take 3-2 leads after easy Game 5 wins. In the Caribbean corner, U.S. indicts Haitian gang Lido over missionaries kidnapping. Bayesian coach wins soccer championship in the USA. Out of Jamaica, more than 2,000 NWC workers strike over compensation issues. Trini Mann wins Florida lottery. 
student sexually assaulted on UE Mona campus. In Latin America, Paraguay anti-drug prosecutor shot dead on honeymoon in Colombia. Honeymoon in Colombia. El Salvador woman jailed following obstetric emergency. Mexico's president threatens to skip America's summit unless U.S. invites every country. In Believe It or Not stories, Texas mother gets 30 years in prison for letting her 13-year-old daughter marry a 47-year-old man. In entertainment news, Tokyo Tony and Black China reportedly have a talk show in the works. We didn't get to cover that one yesterday, but we're going to make it the first one we do today. Antonio Brown claims racism does not exist in America, cites his career earnings as proof. Celebrity chef Mario Batali is acquitted of groping woman at a Boston restaurant. And here's what we need to be looking out for. DJ Naturalist presents Classic Sundays every Sunday, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. And tune into Naturalist Live with DJ Naturalist every Monday and Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, inside the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. It's music, news, and naturalist views. Monday nights are made for Days After Dark. It's Real Relationship Talk. Join Moments, Annette Rosolo, and Marlon at 10 p.m. Eastern on Clubhouse and tune into QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Join us next week for another stimulating conversation. If you missed Monday's conversation about Kama Sutra, the art of making love, you can check out the replays on Clubhouse in the Days After Dark Club or you can log on to JanoRadio.com, click on Podcasts. It is posted there. Join Rosola for the Rosolo Show Tuesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on JanoRadio.com and on Clubhouse in the Rosolo Show. Yesterday's um, show, which uh, was to be a sit-down with Janice Laws Robinson, who is the candidate for Georgia Insurance and uh, Fire Safety Commissioner, had to be pushed to next week due to unforeseen, unforeseen circumstances um, that Miss Robinson made us aware of so we do apologize for to our listeners who were looking out for that it was beyond our control tune in to wanted fridays every friday 7 to 10 p.m eastern and freestyle saturday 7 to 10 p.m eastern with mix master kevon on janoradio.com saturdays 4 to 7 p.m it's blazing saturdays with dj simple and sundays at 4 to 7 p.m eastern dj simple returns with Big People Sunday. We're going to be right back after this music break. And again, I have to say thank you to Javette for our playlist for today. She requested songs from Donna Summer and Diana Ross, two queens in the music business. Here is Donna Summer with She Works Hard for the Money.
That was Donna Summers. She works hard for the money. Thank you to all our listeners tuned in on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. And of course, a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Thank you for tuning in to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. Yeah? We work hard for the money, don't we? Sometimes I wonder, um, when I see some woman working two, three jobs and still have nothing to show for it, except that they're able to keep a roof over their head because they have to keep the bills paid. But when I say nothing to show for it, what I'm talking about is You know, quality of life, being able to take regular vacations, being able to treat themselves, being able to have time for their family and loved ones. And at the end of it all, retirement savings is still not enough, right? Because, of course, by the time they're ready to retire, inflation will eat it out. So the value of the dollar is diminished. and the, the spending power, I should say, of the dollar is diminished. And then, on the other hand, you have some folks who hardly work and are making a killing. And I'm left to wonder, how do we create a balance? How do we do that? I personally don't think anybody should have to work two, three jobs. Honestly, I don't think so because I think it robs you and you do that and then you end up with health issues because there's no quality of life. Just some food for thought. And now it's time for the details and we're starting off with international news. Veteran Al Jazeera journalist Shireen Abu Akleh has been shot and killed by Israeli forces in the occupied West Bank. The 51-year-old was covering an Israeli army raid on the Jenin refugee camp when she was shot in the face by a single bullet despite wearing a press vest. Another Palestinian journalist, Ali al-Samoudi, was wounded in the back, but he is in stable condition. Al Jazeera in a statement said Abu Akleh was assassinated in cold blood and called on the international community to hold Israeli forces responsible. The killing of Al Jazeera journalist Shireen Abu Akleh by Israeli forces in the occupied West Bank has cast a spotlight on the high rate of Israeli attacks against media workers, particularly Palestinians, and the relative impunity under which they operate according to local journalists, advocates, and rights groups. Abu Akleh, 51 shot in the face. Speaking to Al Jazeera on Wednesday, Omar Shakir Israel and Palestine director for Human Rights Watch said the organization is looking into the killing of Abu Akleh, but decried Israeli investigations as whitewashed mechanisms. India top court puts colonial era sedition law on hold for review. India's Supreme Court has barred the government from using a colonial colonial era Era. Why am I tongue twisted this morning? Let me start over. 
India's Supreme Court has barred the government from using colonial-era sedition law that critics say is often used to stifle dissent pending a review. The 152-year-old law, which the British colonial government used against Mahatma Gandhi and other leaders of a campaign for independence, remained on the books after India's 1947 independence and has been used by governments since then. It will be appropriate not to use this provision of law until further re-examination is over. This is according to Chief Justice N.V. Ramana when speaking to the court on Wednesday after it ruled that all proceedings under the law known as Section 124A shall be kept in abeyance. Prime Minister Narendra Modi's government had told the court this week it was reviewing the law which says anyone bringing hatred or contempt or inciting disaffection towards the government can be punished with up to life in prison. The Law Commission of India and even the Supreme Court have at various times commented on what they have said was rampant misuse of the sedition law against social activists, writers, and students. New Delhi-based lawyer Tanvir Ahmed Mir told Al Jazeera, the top court has realized that in a constitutional democracy, disaffection towards the government cannot be a prosecutable offense because dissatisfaction or affection is basically demanded by a monarch. The problem in sedition law is the covenant of the disaffection towards the government in power. You can't have a criminal indictment of disaffection towards a government in a constitutional democracy. Mir said he will move the court on Thursday to seek bail for Sharjil Imam, a student jailed under the sedition law since January 2020. And what that sounds like to me is not only is there no freedom of speech, but there's no freedom of thought. You can only think in accordance with what the government considers good, right? If you have any thoughts or any utterances or have the nerve <laughs> to speak up, you're a problem. You are a problem. And I'm going to say this, it is global, it's not just um, privy to folks in India. It happens to be a global issue. Whether you're in the free world, a communist world, it doesn't matter. A dictatorship, same thing. There is a certain amount of restriction that is placed on you, some more extreme than others. And it is a shame that in this day and age, never should have happened if you ask me, it is a shame that we have been granted the gift of free will, but human beings don't think we should be able to exercise that free will when it comes to our feelings, our emotions, and our thoughts, especially if things to us don't seem right. How dare you speak out and speak up and speak against? No, you're out of line. And you will be punished for that. About 9.6 million children in Afghanistan have been unable to secure food on a daily basis due to a deepening economic crisis in the country. The impact of the Ukraine war and continuing drought, Save the Children has said. 
In a report published on Tuesday, the international NGO called for immediate food assistance to save lives in the short term, adding, however, that aid alone was not enough to tackle the country's worst hunger crisis on record. Despite a significant amount of food aid reaching families in recent months, 19.7 million children and adults, almost 50% of the population, are still going hungry and need urgent support to survive. According to the report, about 20,000 people were pushed into famine during the past two to three months alone. Following the Taliban's takeover of Afghanistan on August 15, the aid-dependent country was cut off from international financial institutions, while nearly $10 billion of its assets were frozen by the U.S., triggering a banking crisis. Millions of dollars in international aid have dried up due to the sanctions. Advocates have slammed the Biden administration's decision to repurpose $3.5 billion in Afghan assets as compensation to the victims of the 9-11 attacks. For months, the UN and other aid agencies have been trying to navigate the sanctions to deliver much-needed aid to the country. War is not a good thing. And it's always the disenfranchised that get affected the most. And I understand why sanctions are put in place. I, I, I do understand it. But when the effects of these sanctions are being meted out to the less fortunate, to those who have nowhere to turn, nowhere to go, when do we step back and say, okay, let us explore alternative remedies? The U.S. has imposed sanctions on various countries around the world because um, their norms, their practices, the way um, they go against humanitarian expectations um, don't match up with the Western world's ideals, right? But I say there has to be another way. Famine? Now, I'm not only going to be pointing the finger at the U.S., I'm also going to point the finger of those who are the leaders of those countries where the sanctions are imposed. Do you care about your citizens? Or are you going to try and have a meeting of the minds with those who are imposing the sanctions on you and see if there can be some sort of compromise? Because at the end of the day, the leaders of the countries are neither leaders are suffering. And let's look at um, Afghanistan. They're not, the, the, those who are in power are not suffering at all. They are living. But it's always the poor, the disenfranchised, the less fortunate. Those are the ones who are crippling under the effects of sanctions that are imposed. But So when are the leaders of the Afghanistan country, the Taliban, when are they going to say, you know something, my people are suffering. Let me see how I can make some amends so that the burden can be eased off of them. I know I'm looking for a perfect world. It will never happen. Right? But I can only hope. I can only hope.
The U.S. has frozen Afghan assets, $3.5 billion, and they're going to give it to the um, victims of the 9-11 attacks. You get that. I get it. Yes, what the atrocities of the Taliban that took place on our U.S. soil was wrong. I have family in New York when it happened. The, the degree to which they were affected, not as grave as others, but people's lives were affected. People lost lives, families altered, everything turned upside down. I get that. But how do we hold the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and all of those, ISIS and all those people responsible without it affecting the children? Now, let me move on to save the children. For every dollar that is donated, how much of it, how much of it actually goes to save the children? How much of it? How much of it goes to administrative costs? I understand that to do charity, there is a cost. I get it. Don't get me wrong. I do understand that salaries have to be paid. But what I don't get is why 90% of the donations made goes into um, administrative costs. And 10% goes towards actually saving the children. That part I don't understand. Because I don't work in the business, I guess I'll never understand. The U.S. House of Representatives has approved a fresh $40 billion aid package for Ukraine after President Joe Biden called for more funds to help Kiev thwart Russia's three-month-old invasion. Legislators passed the Ukraine bill by 368 to 57 votes on Tuesday, providing $7 billion more than Biden's request in April. It would give Ukraine military and economic assistance, help regional allies replenish weapons the Pentagon has shipped overseas, and provided aid to address global food shortages caused by the war's crippling of Ukraine's normally robust production of wheat and other agricultural crops. The measure was backed by every voting Democrat and by nearly three out of four Republicans. House debate reflected a perspective shared broadly by both parties that there is more at stake than simply standing by Ukraine. It would give Ukraine... <laughs> ah, it would give the Ukrainian people what they need, and they need us. They're in desperate need of our support, said Democratic Representative Rosa DeLauro, chair of the House Appropriations Committee. Vladimir Putin and his cronies must be held responsible. This bill does not buy protecting democracy, limiting Russian aggression, and strengthening our own national security. Republican Representative Kay Granger, the top Republican on that committee, said the passage of the bill sent an important message to the U.S.'s rivals. As China, Iran, and North Korea watch our response, we must show the world that America stands firm with its allies and will do what is necessary to protect our interests abroad. The bill now heads to Senate, which is expected to act quickly. Biden had called on Congress to move swiftly 
so he could sign the bill into law before existing defense aid for Ukraine runs out later in May. $7 billion more than what was initially proposed. Um, yeah, they asked for $33 billion. They got $7 billion more for, you know, so they end up getting $40 billion. What about us? I thought charity begins at home. What about us? You know, Michael Jackson had that song. What was the title of that song? But you know, it has the words, what about us? What about us? What about sorry, Grand Rising, Grand Rising. Good morning, Alpha. Yeah, what about us? Uh, it's obvious. I'm not care. What about us? Yeah, what about the care? We don't know nobody. We know what to do. Fun apart, we're supposed to do what that was, uh, which was to vote for him, them getting a the power. Both sides no care, you know. And they're gonna continue to put on this show, you know what I mean? So, I can't if they care, but when them for real do what they for do. For them people, for them citizens, they're not gonna do nothing. So again, what what about you know? <laughs> nothing. The man not care. None of them not care. Not what zip zero. The man them though tell us say yo brother, we not work at care construction, so we not care. <laughs> Our thing is just to come in and for have power and for do what we need for do and set last for one. And watching you know, our obviate and for no one obviate, we enforce some things for one. Whether not like it or not. These people have things that bubble up from you know, the pipeline from decades ago and I put things in motion and away from the perfect time. So what about you know? Not not about you know. That Seven. we're gonna do what we continue to do. They yeah. look here. And the... until people get that, them not gonna not gonna ever understand and we're gonna continue. What about us? What about us indeed, yeah. Apple? What about us? I found the song. I think I found the song. I honestly think I found the song. Um it is disheartening i must say it is very disheartening that this is happening you know um i don't know i really don't know go ahead james yeah morning morning everyone you know maybe 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 this is going to be like like oh uh, hold on james i found i'm sorry sorry to cut you sorry to cut you i just wanted to say a little thing
All I want to say is that they do not really care about us. James, go right ahead. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you. Go ahead, James. Yes, yeah, so, so so I was going to say the, the extra $7 billion is like the I don't care money. They're, they're showing you that, you know, they really don't care. Um, because when, when have we ever heard like any um, party asking for money for, for, for whatever, like even, even the, the, the package that they were asking for um, with COVID-19 to, to, to help out people that are struggling. It took so long to get it. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't put any, any extra, they didn't put any brata in it, but, you know, they put extra. And it's, it's ridiculous because, you know, like, Normally, when, when America get involved in wars and, 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 and spend their money, it's almost like an investment because they, they, they know that they're going to get it back. But there's no way they're getting back this money because America is not going to be the one that's going to be rebuilding Ukraine. I guarantee you that Russia is, is going to be, you know, their construction companies and stuff going to be on the ground, rebuilding all of those buildings that, that's been bombed and, and everything. So, you know, the taxpayer is going to pay that money and, and America and they're not going to get it back. So it, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah, I, I don't know. And, and, you know, hopefully, you know, the whole um, Black Wall Street thing that they, they can take, um, uh, you know, put this in, in the case and say, OK, you guys have money to give this amount of money to give um, Ukraine. So you should be able to build back the Black Wall Street and, and don't tell us that you don't have any money. So. Hopefully they are watching and taking note of all of this. Thank you, James. Dre made an impo a, a valid point in the chat. Let's talk about health care. There are people here who can't afford to go to doctors. In this very country, <laughs> have you ever seen a hospital bill to deliver a child? Have you ever seen a hospital bill? To bring a child into this world, something that has to happen, right? But, but you don't have to go to a hospital. But, you know, the, most of us go to hospitals. Have you ever seen the bill? Have you ever seen the bill to deliver a child? And even with insurance, some people still have an exorbitant amount to pay to deliver a child. Big. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. Other countries, you don't pay to deliver a child, or if you do pay, it's next to nothing to deliver a child. That's what I was going to say, moments. Coming from the UK, I just can't even imagine that. That just sounds weird and crazy to me, getting a bill. Yeah. That, that's, I don't know, that's, yeah. My, I can't my, even that. <laughs> my first two sons were born here. Um, well, all my children are born here, but my first two sons, I was living in Jamaica, um, we had to pay out of pocket. Not me, my dad. My parents had to pay out of pocket. I couldn't afford Wait, that in bill. Jamaica or in, in, in America? No, I came to the States to have my children because I've been back and forth all my life. So um, decided to, you know, my parents said, okay, have the children abroad. So, yeah, we because I didn't have insurance here in the States, that hospital bill was no joke. Multiply that by two. And it had to be paid before <laughs> I, I um, could even go into labor. <laughs> right? 
It's not cheap. Um, but that's a whole different story. Now, living here and working here permanently and having my two younger sons here, even with insurance, you still get a bill at the end of it all. You get a bill. And when you look at that itemized bill, you're like, thank God I had insurance or thank God Marlon had insurance because this is ridiculous. $30,000 and you're there for what, 24 hours? Because as you have the child and as long as everything's okay, go, go, bye-bye, 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 you gotta go. To have a child. Well, unless there's complications, you might as well have them at home. Exactly. It is re It is preposterous. Yeah. Bernie, Bernie Sanders um, did the math and said, if they just cut the, the, like he said something like, we spend 20 times more than every military in the world. And if we just cut it by a quarter, we can um, offer universal health care. Yeah. And he said, after we still will be spending 10 to 15 times more than <laughs> everyone else for military anyway. So it's not like you, you, you're really taking anything away from the military. That's how much money they put into the military. That's why they can um, get all these billions in Ukraine and have we here scrambling for 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 health care it, it it's crazy so don let us look at another aspect of this now who is really fighting the war with russia is it ukraine or the u.s yeah man the u.s yeah, fight yeah. every war man <laughs> who is fighting this war is it with Russia, is it the Ukraine or is it the U.S.? Because the U.S. is pumping and pumping and pumping. Pumping money into this war. In the form of military aid, personnel, cash. The war must go on. It must go on. It must go on. And as long as the U.S. is going to be pumping money into the Ukraine war, the Russians are going to keep fighting back. So really and truly, when you think about it, it's Russia versus the U.S. I may be wrong. No, you're right. You're right. It makes sense. But what you said, that's what I was saying. Good, good point you bring up there because the level of involvement, it, it might as well be America. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's just crazy. Like, as I said, boy, I don't know, but. Y'all that live in America, you need to demand, you, like make you know, make some noise and demands. No, no begging bowl, no hand handout looking thing. You don't need to demand of your government because, as I said, if this if they can afford these kind of foolishness but can't spend panayo, boy, mm -hmm. yo, you need to you need to like, no, no, they need to feel it, man. I don't know, man. As the public, you guys need to demand more and demand better. Because they can't spend our billions frivolously like this, you know, on wasted causes. And people are dead for hunger. People are dead for, for health care. 
Nah. And you know the demand don't work, um, sir. I was about to say that, Don. It, it don't work. I've seen many times. I see when Obama was in office, um, whole um, with the whole healthcare situation. That's what the majority of the country wanted, and it's like not even him as the president and the Democratic Party could have pushed it through the way that they wanted. Right? They had to like cut out a whole bunch of things just to get the bill passed, right? And I've seen many occasions on both sides where majority of the country wants something and Congress just go ahead and just vote the way they want. Doesn't matter. You know, yeah, so, you know, they, they have to have certain numbers and once they get the numbers, the bill go in their favor. So it, it don't even matter, like, how much demands will make, how much road warm, what we do, black road, how much people go in the streets, <laughs> and, and it, it don't matter. When they go into vote, they're going to vote the way they want they it. They want it, yeah. What's and in their interest? Problem. What's in their yes. best interest? Not the interest of the people. And even when you think they give you something, like they they, they give you like a watered-down version. Like mm. if, you, if, if we demand 10 things, Probably only two of them make it in there, and they say, "Oh yeah, we will pass the bill that you want." It, it, it's crazy. <sighs> Go ahead, thank you, Don. Go ahead, Naturalist. Good morning. I do think it, it does. I do, do think demand work, but what you have is you just have weak politicians and you have weak leaders. Uh, you mentioned Obama and the um, Democrats. Uh, they could have got what they wanted if if they had the um, the willpower to do it. But as always, the leaders that's in power don't have the willpower. Say what you want to say about the Republicans. I admire them because, you know what? When they want their tax cut, hmm. they do not care, care about them pushing it through. When they want to change the rules just so you have a, a majority vote for a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court, they do not care about the rules. Mm -hmm. They go ahead and, and they just push it through. Is it Democrats are the ones who are always failing us. Right now, they're in power. Senate, House, Presidency. They can get anything passed if they want to, if they decide to, that they want. It was something, you know, important enough for them to do. And now what I see right now, I use myself as an example. What they're doing is they're fostering anxiety and hatred. And it made us a strong word yeah. for for the Ukrainians. You know, when, when this war just started, you were very sympathetic. But now when you see all this funds is going, is, is going there and it's going there and then when you look around your neighborhood, and you see all these kids that, that are in need and right here in your neighborhood, you start wondering, wow, yeah. why is it that they got a, they got a unanimous, unanimous vote, I believe, for this mm -hmm. new, new package for Ukraine? Mm -hmm. That means every Democrat, black, white, pink, or brown, they all voted for the same thing. Why are they all so afraid? I'll land right there. Yeah. Yeah. And not only was the package approved, but they said, oh, you want a million? No, let's give you some more. Here's some more. Take an extra $700,000. billion more was added to the request for a beautiful grand total of $40 billion. And remember I said yesterday that I was scrolling through some media outlets and saw where $159 million was slipped through? Yes. So we're not even seeing the true figures right now because there are things that... <laughs> Things are put out there to distract us from what's really going on. When Rasta talk, nobody <laughs> listen. Rasta talk, 
<laughs> right? So you get things, certain things are put out there, and while they have put those things there, and if I remember well, I think it was, um, and I, as I was about to call her name, oh my gosh, she's going to live forever. In Jamaica, we have a saying, good morning, sin. In Jamaica, they have a saying that, you know, when you call somebody's name or you're thinking about the person and they appear, they're going to live forever. Or what, you know, your grandparents, them are going to Well, sin, you're going to live forever because I was just about to call your name and you pop in the room. Good morning. I remember weeks ago when sin said, when we, I remember, I don't remember which bill it was that we were talking about, but she mentioned that a lot of times, what we are seeing in the media or what is being um, presented to us is just the covering. Pay attention to what's underneath, what comes behind. Right? They throw these large figures at us. So $40 billion. But between the last amount that was granted, was it $839 million? Between the $839 million and this $40 billion now being approved, just waiting for him to sign off on it, other amounts have gone through. Your money, my money, our money, and we can't get what we need in this country. And yes, naturalist, in the beginning, and I can admit, I'm not ashamed, I had sympathy. I still do have sympathy for what the people of the Ukraine are going through. But now that sympathy, I have a line drawn. I, there is a line drawn. Now, I no longer have sympathy. I'm now empathetic. The U.S. keeps pumping money. They never... They don't have anything to, they have no money to do anything first. When COVID, um, the funding for COVID, what you call it, testing, ran out. Ran out. Right? That ran out. Now, if you need to get a test, you can't get it for free. If you don't have insurance, you have to pay how much money? Remember we spoke about that? Because they don't have any more money to pump into allowing you to get a free COVID test anymore. But they have billions of dollars for the war. And remember, I just read here, and I'm, I'm not sure if anybody caught this. As China, Iran, and North Korea watch our response, we must show that the world, show the world that America stands firm. So, is this what this is? Show and tell? Hmm? You don't care about what's happening to your citizens and their struggles, their demands. The elimination of student loans. It's a thought. And I saw another report this morning, and if I'm not mistaken, it was on CNN, a headline. I didn't open it because I was like, I can't be bothered because this got my attention. Now the figure, instead of wiping it out, wiping out 10,000, so they don't even know what they want to do as far as student loans are concerned. And then there was another article 
which may be the reason why they're saying 10,000. That said, if you um, eliminate some bracket, some amount, I can't remember the exact thing. If you eliminate some, the wealthy kids don't get to benefit from that. Who gives a damn about the wealthy kids? And if they, if their student loans are going to be um, eliminated or not, I don't care. What about the people struggling? I don't give two craps about the wealthy kids whose parents can more than afford it. But what about the people who are struggling every day? We need to clean up our closet. We need to do some refurbishing, some renovation. Something needs to happen because something is off here. And this war is no longer between the Ukraine and Russia, in my opinion. Now I'm wondering, was it ever? Now I am wondering, was it ever? It's just unfortunate that the lives that have been lost hospitals being bombed, schools being bombed. It's just unfortunate that people are the collateral damage. You're finding all this money to pump into war, but you can't find money for your people? Yes, naturalists. Now we are breeding hatred amongst our own people. Which should not be. Should not be. There should be no place for that. But now, everybody's looking side eyes like, okay, what, what, what's really going on here? What's going on? We do have to take a music break. I am way past my time. Do have to take a music break when we return. It's news out of North America. Today's hashtag WCW Artists. Donna Summers and Diana Ross. Here is Donna Summers with Bad Girls.
Good morning to all our listeners tuned in on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Of course, a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Thank you for joining me for Coffee and Toll World News on the go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. You just heard Donna Summers' Bad Girls. And now it is time for stories out of North America. An appeals court in New York dismissed New York Attorney General Letitia James's lawsuit against Amazon over its coronavirus safety protocols and a former employee who led the successful union organizing effort on Staten Island. Besides potentially exposing workers to the virus at two Amazon facilities in New York City, the lawsuit filed by James last year claimed that Amazon illegally retaliated against workers who spoke up about poor safety conditions in its warehouses. They include Chris Smalls, the fired Amazon worker who now heads the Amazon Labor Union, and Derek Palmer, the group's vice president of organizing. The appellate court said in its ruling Tuesday that federal labor law preempted state labor law and the National Labor Relations Board should serve as a forum for disputes arising from conduct that's protected or prohibited by federal labor law, not the states. It also said the lawsuit's efforts to require the retailer to comply with New York's COVID-19 workplace guidelines was dismissed as moot because the restriction in place at the time have since been lifted. The court also pointed to a separate NLRB case over another fired employee, Gerald Bryson. It said that case involves essentially the same allegations of retaliation and the possibility of inconsistent rulings on the same issue poses an obvious and a substantial risk of interference with the NLRB's jurisdiction. Pamel, who was given a final written warning in the early days of the pandemic, is still employed at Amazon. The court's ruling is a win for Amazon, which had sought to have the case thrown out. Neither Amazon nor James's office immediately responded to a request for comment. The accused New York City subway shooter Frank James has been indicted by a federal grand jury for committing a terrorist attack on a mass transit system. The crime comes with the possibility of life in prison if he is found guilty. The indictment was handed over in the Brooklyn Federal Court on Friday and accuses James of firing a gun during a violent crime. If he is convicted of that count, James faces the mandatory minimum sentence of 10 years in prison and a maximum of life, the New York Post reported. James, 62, allegedly opened fire in a crowded rush hour train in Sunset Park on April 12, which left 10 people shot. If convicted, the government will also seek forfeiture of James's assets, which includes a 9mm Glock pistol seized in Brooklyn, the indictment details. The case was assigned to Judge William Kuntz. However, no date has been set for James's arraignment. We have some good news. The link is posted at the top. Over 100 students in Wiley College's class of 2022 were surprised on Saturday when they learned that an unknown donor had paid off their combined remaining amounts of roughly $300,000. Wiley's president and CEO Herman Felton Jr. announced, You are debt-free. You do not owe the college a penny. If you have a balance, you had a balance. 
Over the weekend, Felton Jr. detailed the news in a press release. Our commitment to our students goes beyond their time while they are enrolled. We are constantly communicating with donors to assist students in these ways so that they can begin their after-college experience with less debt. We are grateful for this anonymous donor who will assist the students in paying off their balances to Wiley College and help us achieve institutional goals of graduating our students with little to no debt. According to the school, the anonymous donor set graduates on a continued path to success and allows Wiley College to strengthen its commitment to providing an affordable, exceptional education. Thank God for donors who are able to um, be philanthropic and to do this. Well-deserving, but um, the government of this country needs to step up and do more. That's all I'm going to say. Former President Donald Trump suffered his first big loss of 2022 in Nebraska Tuesday night when his chosen candidate for governor in the Republican primary lost to the state party's choice. Trump fared better in West Virginia, where his pick in a hotly contested GOP House primary cruised to victory in a battle of Republican incumbents. One backed by the former president, the other endorsed by the state's GOP governor, and Democratic Senator Joe Manchin, drawn against each other by the state's congressional map makers. In all, it was a split decision for Trump. And though his hold on the Republican Party remains strong, the results in Nebraska show it is not complete, especially when he endorses a candidate like wealthy businessman Charles Herbster, who is facing multiple allegations of sexual misconduct, all of which he has denied. The clear winner in Nebraska, though, was the state's Republican establishment. University of Nebraska Board of Regents member Jim Pillen, CNN's projected winner in the primary, was endorsed by term-limited Governor Pete Ricketts and incumbent GOP Representative Don um, Bacon, who had taken some flack from Trump, also won renomination. Former Representative Jeff Fortenberry, a Republican who resigned earlier this year after being convicted of a federal crime but remained on the ballot, was blown out by a Ricketts-backed candidate. Here are four takeaways from Tuesday night's primaries and a look ahead to more stress tests for Trump in the coming week. Trump's midterm election streak ended Tuesday night in Nebraska. <laughs> um, is it me? Or am I reading wrong or am I hearing wrong? Why is it that those he supports strongly always seem to have some allegations of sexual misconduct? I don't know. Is that a prerequisite for him to be able to support you? That you need to have some allegations against you? Everybody around him, sexual misconduct. I don't know. Doesn't sound too good to me. Not at all. But here's what we need to be looking out for. DJ Naturalist presents Classic Sundays every Sunday, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. And tune in to Naturalist Live with DJ Naturalist every Monday and Tuesday at 5 p.m. inside the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. It's music, news, and naturalist's views. Monday nights are made for days after dark. It's Real Relationship Talk. Join Moment, Sinat, Rose Solo, and Marlon at 10 p.m. Eastern on Clubhouse. And tune into to QMZRadio.com and...
and janoradio.com. Join us next week for another stimulating conversation. If you missed Monday night's convo about Kama Sutra, the art of making love, check out the replay on Clubhouse in the Days After Dark Club or on janoradio.com. Click on podcast, scroll down, and it's right there. Join Rose Solo for The Rose Solo Show Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern on JanoRadio.com and on Clubhouse in The Rose Solo Show Club. Tune in to Wanted Fridays every Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern and Freestyle Saturdays, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern with Mixmaster Kevon on JanoRadio.com. Saturdays, 4 to 7 p.m. It's Blazing Saturdays with DJ Simple and he returns on a Sunday, 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern with Big People Sunday. Coming up after the music break, we have business and tech and health and science news. Here is Kaigo and Donna Summer with Hot Stuff.
Good morning to all our listeners tuned in on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Of course, a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Thank you for tuning in to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. And today's playlist for hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday is courtesy of Javette. She requested Donna Summer and Diana Ross. We just heard Kaigo and Donna Summer. I like that version. It's a new mix. Um, hot stuff. Yeah. And now it is time for business news. Bitcoin tumbles more than 50% below its all-time high as crypto plunges again, tumbling like my throat right now. So much for Bitcoin being digital gold, and this is according to CNN Business Reports. The world's most valuable cryptocurrency was down 10% on Monday after plunging again over the weekend. Bitcoin prices have now plummeted nearly 20% in the past week. At a price of just below $31,000, Bitcoin is more than 50% below its record high of near $69,000 from late last year and at its lowest point since July 2021. Other cryptocurrencies, sometimes referred to as altcoins, have been hit hard too. Ethereum, Binance, Solana, and Cardona are all down about 15% in the past week, while Elon Musk's beloved Dogecoin has tumbled 10%. Cryptocurrencies are proving to be just as risky as stocks and susceptible to the same concerns that are dragging down the Dow, S&P 500, and NASDAQ. Volatile trading in digital assets has not been that unusual in previous years, said Michael Kamerman, CEO of trading platform Skilling. Cryptocurrencies are increasingly moving in sync with tech stocks, with investors treating both as risk assets and often retreating to safer corners of the market during bouts of market volatility. Cameraman said he is still bullish on Bitcoin for the long term, though. More hedge funds and other big institutions are starting to invest in crypto, and some global central banks are beginning to embrace it, too. But he added that Bitcoin is not immune to the global inflation risk spreading across most other asset classes. Therefore, we should expect to see the downward trend continue. Where, where is Andel? Where is Andel when, when I need him? Okay, he's not here. I wanted his input on that. So I'll keep it moving because he's not here right now. Apple is discontinuing the latest version of the iPod. Tech giant Apple has decided to discontinue the last version of its portable music player, the iPod Touch. I didn't even know they were still making those. The announcement will end the era of digital music that Apple initially started when it introduced the iPod in, 20, in 2001 when it boasted about the device's ability to hold up to 1,000 CD-quality songs in an ultra-portable 6.5-ounce design that fits in your pocket. The first version of the iPod Touch resembled the iPhone when it hit shelves in 2007, and the latest version was in 2019. The $199 iPod Touch is equipped to send iMessages and make FaceTime calls, and of course, it's able to play music. Greg Joswiak, who is the Senior Vice President of Worldwide Marketing at Apple, 
released a statement saying the spirit of iPod lives on through its many other products offered to customers that also integrate music playing features. For now, Apple says the iPod Touch will be available while supplies last. It's probably going to become, um, what you call it, an antique uh, memorabilia. Hold on to it. Maybe worth something years down the road. We never know. Balenciaga. I don't know if Balenciaga has teamed up with um, Kanye. But take a look at the sneaker at the top. Would you pay $1,850 for destroyed sneakers? Luxury fashion house Balenciaga has unveiled a new campaign promoting a series of roughed up sneakers with an eye-watering price tag and the internet has thoughts. The images shot by photographer Leopold Dukmin for the brand of severely tattered distressed shoes have gone viral following Monday's launch of the couture brand's new Paris sneaker with outrage at the appearance of the high tops swirling online. But the photos of the destroyed sneakers circulating on social media don't exactly tell the whole story. While they have courted the most controversy, the images are actually of exaggerated, limited edition versions of the sneakers that Balenciaga is selling. According to the fashion house, only 100 pairs of extra destroyed sneakers will be available to buy for $1,850. Meanwhile, the non-limited edition and less roughed-up versions are being sold on the Balenciaga website for $495 and $625, depending on the specific style. In a press release, the Paris-based brand said that the campaign photos shows the shoes extremely worn, marked up, and dirty. It is still, it said, the still-life portraits suggest that Paris sneakers are meant to be worn for a lifetime, a point that feels especially relevant amid growing conversations around the fast fashion industry and the impact of overconsumption on the planet. Dema is known for his disruptive flair and the Paris sneaker launch isn't the first time his designs have been met with bemused reactions. In 2017, Balenciaga brought out a bag that cost $2,145, which was ridiculed for its similarities to Ikea's Fracta bag. At the time, the original bag could be purchased for $0.99. Cents. And I'm going to make a correction on that, folks, as soon as I'm done with the article. Balenciaga describes the sneaker as a rebooted classic design, which is finished with distressed canvas and rough edges, affecting a pre-worn look. Let me say this. That bag that they were selling claiming that it similarities to ikea that bag is similar to what is used in a lot of third world countries you know that big uh, when you can stuff it and stuff it and stuff it um usually a plaid bag white background with blue and red um plaid all over it i mean the market yes and Balenciaga was selling that bag for $2,145 and people were buying it. It was a limited edition. I will never forget. Uh, then, okay, so you know something? Hmm. I wonder if I can drum up $1,850 to buy the sneaker. And hear me out on this. It's only 100 pairs. Once the 100 is sold out, somebody is going to want that pair that I have. So then probably not a bad investment. Sit on it, wait until the hundred are sold out, and then you put it up for sale. You probably can triple, quadruple. Great idea. Yeah. 
So if you have $1,850, probably snatch a pair up real quick and sit on it because it's going to be worth more. People will pay an arm and a leg for um, brands. And isn't it funny that they're saying that sneakers are made to be worn forever? And as soon as we get a little dirt in our sneakers, we're ready to throw them out. Stop throwing out your stuff, folks. The high-end labels are telling us that we're too caught up on the wrong things. Keep your things forever if you can. Don't worry about them looking dingy. Moments is called shabby chic. Yes. I mean, I was always a shabby chic person. I, I've said it before. You look at me sometimes, you wonder if I'm homeless, right? I'm all about grunge. I'm all about the hippie look. That's me. I'm all about comfort. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, part tiny moments. <laughs> In a way, when it, no, seriously. Um, yeah, sometimes I have to really check myself and like do better. There was no worry, man. <laughs> it could a whole little more as long as it's clean. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. I mean, certain things don't bother me. You know. I mean, granted, the funny thing is, um, just this week too, Marlon was leaving the house and he has on a white T-shirt. He has also like. Where are you going in that t-shirt? Somebody might be sorry for me. And then he will tell me sometimes, why are you getting on my case for wearing a t-shirt with holes when the rich people out there wearing, <laughs> wearing it and nobody cares? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'm the only one who's supposed to look like. That's my thing, that grunge look. But I wouldn't pay an arm and a leg for it, though, sir, girls. You better believe it. I'm not doing that. Yeah, so... um. Signs that show a WhatsApp text is dangerous. And I got to jump over to um, Loop for this one. I, and I thought I was like, hmm, interesting. And I hope I did not delete it. And I think I did. Why is it that when you have so many tabs open, after a while it tells you on your computer, um, not enough memory to open this page? Please give me a break. There is more than enough. Let's go. All right, so... WhatsApp is one of the most popular mobile apps in the world. According to The Sun, it has more than 2 billion users. This is why it is highly targeted by scalpers. It is therefore necessary to know how to use it safely. Below are three signs. Well, I'm going to give you three signs that you might have received a dangerous WhatsApp message that should be deleted immediately. Sign number one, messages that come from unknown contacts trying to to get you to interact. Be very careful if the spelling or grammar is not correct. The same goes for messages from known contacts that contain errors. Sign number two, messages about unsolicited offers like free gifts, sweepstakes, even if they are from a very popular brand. Sign number three, messages with clickable links that you did not expect to receive. There are also other tips to take into account for the safe use of your phone, such as updating your phone and your applications. Beware of messages in which you are asked to provide personal information. Be careful, folks. Yeah, I don't, um, if I get a message, I don't know the number. I don't know the person. I am not opening it. I delete right away. Thank you very much. Don't need it in my life because I don't need more problems. And now it's time for health and science news. And this one comes to us courtesy of WebMD. Taking a week-long break from social media can lower feelings of anxiety, 
and depression. According to a new study published in the journal Cyber Psychology, Behavior, and Social Networking, people who stopped using platforms such as TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for seven days reported an increased sense of well-being, and some said they freed up about nine hours in their week that they would have spent scrolling. Scrolling social media, um, for many of us, you know, we do it without thinking from the moment we wake up to when we close our eyes at night, said Jeff Lambert, the lead study author and a health and exercise psychologist at the University of Bath. We know that social media is huge and that there are increasing concerns about its mental health effects. We wanted to see whether simply asking people to take a week's break could yield mental health benefits. Lambert and colleagues divided 154 participants between ages 18 to 72 who use social media daily into two groups. One where they are asked to stop using all social media for a week and one where they could continue scrolling as usual. At the beginning of the study, baseline scores for anxiety, depression, and well-being were taken. Before the study began, participants reported spending an average of eight hours per week on social media. One week later, participants who took a break had significant improvements in their anxiety, depression, and well-being scores than those who continued to use social media as usual. In addition, those who took a one-week break reported using social media for an average of 21 minutes compared to an average of seven hours for the control group. Participants who took a break were more likely to agree with well-being statements such as, I've been feeling optimistic about the future and I've been thinking clearly. They were also less likely to feel nervous, worried, or report depressive symptoms. Many of our participants reported positive effects from being off social media with improved mood and less anxiety overall. Lambert said, this suggests that even just a small break can have an impact. The research team now plans to study whether other groups can benefit from taking a short break from social media, including younger people and those with physical and mental health conditions. The group also wants to follow people for longer than a week to measure whether the benefits last over time. If results last, study authors wrote a social media break could be prescribed as an available option for managing mental health. Of course, social media is a part of life, and for many people, it's an indispensable part of who they are and how they interact with others. But if you're spending hours each week scrolling and you feel it is negatively impacting you, it could be worth cutting down on your usage and see if it helps. I'll say this, social media can be beneficial when used with discretion. Think about why you have social media. Think about the reason. Is it to propel your business? Is it to socialize? Is it because you want to keep in touch with others? Is it because you want to grandstand? Think about why you have it and the role it's going to play in your life. It is addictive. It can be addictive. And I, I can hold my hand up and say, yes, I have said, okay, I'm going to look 15 minutes. And then you keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. Before you know it, it's an hour, two hours. 
So I had to learn to discipline myself with social media. I've actually got rid of Facebook, deleted it out of my life. So oh, now I'm same here. So now I am down to TikTok, IG, and um, Clubhouse. Why do I keep TikTok <laughs> for the entertainment? Because I'm not a huge TV watcher, right? Um, and I like to laugh. I do like laughing and people make me laugh and I love that. And, you know, I'll find things that I laugh about and I'll share those things on Instagram. Now, Instagram initially when I joined was to keep in touch and then I've shifted it to now more of a business and, um, even that I've diminished somewhat. But now Clubhouse, when I joined Clubhouse initially, it was for networking purposes from a business perspective. From a, from a business perspective moment, um, you have to get back to Facebook just, just for business purposes because a lot of the marketing for the Instagram, you, you're probably going to need Facebook for it. I was told that the other day, Dre. You are so right. I was told that yeah. the other day and I'm really thinking and I am struggling you don't have to use it you don't have to use it to to network with anyone but for like marketing and and all of that stuff mm -hmm. um facebook is just is, is so powerful right uh, it's so powerful and and a lot of the ads a lot of the ads like if you're on an instagram ad it's just gonna run on instagram but if you run it through facebook it run on instagram and 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 every channel that Facebook has, right? In meta you know, world, so, right? <laughs> uh, for for every everything yeah. they, they they could get it places if if you run it through Facebook and not Instagram. So um, for future reference, you know, yeah. just just have it there, just to have it there. You're the third person to tell me, Don, and I'm thinking about it. I'm I'm really thinking. Not sure. I haven't made up my mind yet. But on Clubhouse for networking purposes, right? Yes, I've made great connections here on Clubhouse. But I didn't know that people actually bought followers on Clubhouse. You can buy followers for IG, which I think is just ridiculous. Because if you're buying followers, what it kind of tells me is that there's a little bit of desperation. That's what it tells me. And I'm not speaking for anybody else. This is what it tells me. Choose a nicer word, like I said, lonely and pathetic. Right? If I have to purchase followers, then I have to look within myself. What am I lacking? What am I so in need of? Am I purchasing for business reasons or am I purchasing just to say I have all oh, these people like me? Do, is that really necessary? And this is where the mental health thing comes in and depression and anxiety. And if you are not a strong person, it, you will succumb to it. You have people, and this is a fact, you have people. If they don't have a bunch of people following them in a room, they go crazy, literally go crazy. You have a group of people on Clubhouse that only go to spaces that are filled with people with the hope that they will be recognized in that space. I call it clout chasing. That's what I call it, really. What if you're in a space with five people? You're uncomfortable with five people? Why do you have to have 500 people? 
think of it think of the mega church you know these mega churches that are all over the country where the pastor don't even know you but you're there every sunday giving your money does that really make sense you try to get help they don't help you because you're a nobody in the church they don't see you unless you're up front and center or unless you have a role in the church they really don't see you in the mega church you're just another body adding to their number making them look good oh 20,000 um, congregation of 20,000 congregation of 50,000 but do you know those 50,000 people that follow you week after week after week no you don't well it's the same thing on clubhouse and on instagram we want all these people following us and when they don't follow us we go into depression what's wrong with me nobody likes me nobody loves me and you have the clout chasers don't get me started on those because they're a bunch of hypocrites <laughs> a big bunch of hypocrites they don't like you but they like you they can't stand a bone in you but they they're they're there with you <laughs> it's a messed up world you have to be confident within yourself you have to know your value stop looking for your value in others stop waiting for others to acknowledge you acknowledge yourself you wake up every day look in the mirror and say yes I'm here I serve a purpose but we have become so dependent on the need for validation from other people we don't even know how to validate ourselves we hold on to the words people say as though it was oxygen you know when you're in the plane and the, the thing drops down and you got to put it over your mask for their life stop giving people control over your lives because that's what it's doing if you don't get a grasp of it now hopefully it's not too late I'm sorry for you really I am no need to be a cloud chaser folks no need for that embrace who you are and remember this in the words of Queenie yes sir in the words of Queenie um means not everybody cup of tea me cannot be everybody cup of tea it's impossible to be everybody cup of tea you know no you cannot be everybody's cup of tea folks but you have to know how to be okay with that we have to know how to understand that rejection is a part of life but nobody wants to feel that you know once um i was it some entertainer i can't remember but it was a comedian if, if that much i do remember some time ago they said they said this whether it's one person in the audience or a thousand people their performance is going to be the same their performance is not dependent upon how many people are in front of them and I'm saying this now to those who are using social media as a business if one person shows up you better appreciate that one person taking the time out of their day 
to be with you, to spend it with you. But a lot of people don't know how to do that. They don't know how to celebrate the small wins. Everybody's looking for the jackpot, the windfall. Appreciate the small wins. So if you have one person who is cheering you on and eventually gets to 10, gets to 100, appreciate every single person that supports you. Don't discount or discredit them because you don't have more people there. Don't do that. Learn how to appreciate what you have until you're blessed with what you want. Now, I hope I'm speaking to someone today. I hope I can help make a difference in someone's life today. Look within yourselves. Validate yourself. Know you are worth it for yourself. Everything else is extra. I'm done preaching. <laughs> Coming up after the music break, we do have sports, Caribbean corner, and news out of Latin America. Here is Diana Ross with Missing You.
Good morning to all our listeners tuned in on QMZRadio.com, JanoRadio.com, and to everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. Thank you for tuning in to Coffee in Tow World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. You just heard Diana Ross missing you, and today's playlist for hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday is courtesy of Javette. Now it is time for sports news. Tom Brady will reportedly be joining Fox Sports as a lead analyst following his career with the National Football League. Gone and back again. Brady is still wearing his jersey after his short break from the league. However, it looks like he's already got plans for when he finally says goodbye to football for good. NBC Chicago reports the 44-year-old Tampa Bay Buccaneers QB is heading to Fox Sports as their lead NFL analyst immediately following his playing career. Fox's executive chair and CEO Murdoch announced the news in a statement Tuesday morning. The deal reportedly includes a long-term agreement with Fox as a broadcast analyst. While with Fox, Brady will work alongside Kevin Burkhardt and act as an ambassador for the network and manage client and promotional initiatives. In the meantime, Brady will be going back to play in the NFL for his 23rd season after announcing his retirement in March during the offseason after his 22nd season. How y'all feel about that? Who is the lead analyst for Fox right now? Who is it? I don't know. But he's getting a straight promotion, Marlon. Yeah, I don't remember his name but i i knew it's gonna get um somebody gonna pick him up you know once he retires so that's good for him he's still gonna be making a nice chunk of change so that's good that's good let's see let's see how he um performs and behind the mic <laughs> um remember too marlon that a lot of what they um talk about is scripted to some degree for them as well so he'll be all right he'll get some help um easing into the role i do yeah, believe he'll, yeah he'll be fine he'll be just fine so you're in support of i know you're a tom brady fan so you're in support you're happy for him right yeah i'm happy <laughs> i'm moving on to the next i mean i was hoping he would retire this year and give somebody a chance yeah and then move on to the sports and you know, the behind the scenes but um, because at the end, I don't think Tampa going to do it again anyway. So mm-hmm. I think Tampa is done. Okay. So, so no ring, it. you say no ring for him. No, nah, he ain't, he ain't getting no more ring. Um, 
he's done. So he's probably just going back to help these young guys, the young players, and you know. But, but couldn't he go back in a coaching role? He didn't have to go back on the field. Uh, he could have, but he probably, I don't know. A possibility later on he might end up be a coach. You never know. Yeah. You never know. Is He's like the oldest person playing football, right? I think he is, yeah. yeah. I, I, I want to believe He's going to be out there with his walker. Um. The sale of the Denver Broncos could break an NFL record if it sells for more than $5 billion. Who will the next owner of the Denver Broncos, Denver Broncos be? We're not too sure yet, but whoever it is is going to need billions. According to Pro Football Talk, approximately $5 billion to be exact. CBS Sports reports the team is set to be sold and off the market before the 2022 NFL season. If it's sold for $5 billion, it could set a new record for the most money ever spent on a sports franchise. Last week, Todd Bowley, who was also reportedly interested in buying the Denver Broncos, purchased the Premier League's Chelsea football club team for a whopping $5.22 billion. The 46-year-old, just 46, folks, so you're never too young already owns the Los Angeles Dodgers, Lakers, and the Sparks. So he may put his pocketbook down for a minute before making any other grand purchases. Plus, Bowley isn't the only one who has his eyes set on the team. Nine News reports there are four other groups left in the bidding process. One of the investors includes Rob Walton, one of the most affluent men in the world. According to Forbes, he's the 19th richest person on the globe. Other interests include 76ers owner Josh Harris, Harris, who is part of a bitter group that includes Magic Johnson. Interesting. Marlon, you don't have $5 billion sitting down anywhere that you haven't told me about? I do. I do, but I, I don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to spend it on that? <laughs> no, nah, I, I do something better. What, you don't care for uh, Denver Broncos? Guess what? Um, The Broncos was a good team. What's his name is going there, isn't he? Sarah's husband. Um, Why am I calling him Sarah's husband? Russell Simmons. He has his own name. Russell. Russell, uh, What's his name? uh, Russell uh, what? Wilson. Wilson. You see, I'm all over the place. Yeah. Now, it's a a good team. I mean, it was a good team a couple years ago. They won the Super Bowl a couple years back. Mm -hmm. As long as you got a good coaching and a good team, I mean, it, it can be a wonderful purchase for somebody else you know so um but let's see who to pick it up um i was open for somebody to be honest with you a black owner because i don't believe the nfl has any black owners so so let me ask you this then if uh if what's his name magic johnson because magic johnson is part of a group where is it let me go back to it okay so other interests include 76ers co-owner Josh Harris, who is part of a bitter group that includes Magic Johnson. So that, that would be some black ownership there. Would be, but I'm looking for like all a straight, out, okay. all out black owner minded who has the money, but they don't have that in the NFL. They might have shareholders and stuff, but a straight up black owner because at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. NFL don't want no straight up black owner. I don't. I. I don't think so. Okay. And I, I. And I don't believe there is one. So I would love a straight up black person to to 
to own an NFL team if, or, if they are or allowed a them. group or a group of black owners or a group of them yeah. put their money together, put their money can, together can, yeah and and can, they do have their money you know so five billion dollars I don't know if if that's too much maybe maybe not but I would if I had the money I would invest in it yeah so we need to get our coins up stop slacking man we need to get our coins together what none of us in here can pool our resources at cop with five billion dollars <laughs> come on group we can do it we, we, we got um, this <laughs> and, and, uh, Fabian we could put you know one billion a piece in it. <laughs> You know, Afro, DJ, and everybody put one billion a week. Yeah, and we got this. Come on, guys. Let's, let's, let's do this. Yeah. So, on to basketball news. Top-seeded Suns Heat take 3-2 leads after easy Game 5 wins. Denvin Booker scored 28 points. DeAndre Ayton added 20, and the Phoenix Suns beat the Dallas Mavericks. 110-80. to 80. That was not a beating. That was a damn near stomping on Tuesday night to take a 3-2 lead in the NBA Western Conference semifinals. The Suns used a huge third quarter to turn a tight game into a comfortable win. Phoenix opened up the second half on an 11-4 run highlighted by Booker's two three-pointers for a 61-50 lead. Down in Miami, Jimmy Butler scored 23 points. Max Struss added 19 points and 10 rebounds. And Miami Heat moved one win away from a trip to the Eastern Conference Finals by topping Philadelphia 76ers. All right, then. How you feeling about that, James? How you feeling? James is quiet. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to go to game seven. You, you keep saying that, James. No, it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I think the more the more MB um, plays and you know get more comfortable with his injury, like yeah, he's in Philadelphia. No, they're Miami's not going to go there and 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 win um, Game Six. James, I think they're going to. James, you know what the score for the game was? It was an ass huh? whooping, one twenty to eighty five. That's disgraceful. No, that that wasn't that wasn't the 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 Miami game. That was the Heat the, um, to Seventy Sixers. 120 no, 85. That was uh, that was the Miami game. No, James. that was that, the Miami game. That was the Miami James, what do you James, go turn no, that was the Maverick. Wasn't that the Maverick the Maverick game there? The no, 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 no. <laughs> Miami Heats 120. Philly 76ers 85. That was a score. Eat that, James. No, I think John was resting. Yeah, it, it was resting. I, I think it's going to go to Game 7, though. <sighs> okay. You really feel so? Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I think I think the, the one thing with Joel, like, I think he's so determined, like, even if he dies on, on, on the court, like, mm -hmm. for Game 6, he's going to try and win it. Yeah, he's very determined. Okay. Do you need oxygen, um, James? Need an oxygen tank? No, you... you... <laughs> You don't, you don't, you don't realize all the series going so far. Oh, like the only, the only team that's guaranteed like I win the next game is Golden State, pretty much. If 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 um if uh thing don't play, but it's it's going back and forth. You, you see, like Boston and Philly. You see Philly dominate one day. You see Boston. So it, yeah, it's not over. 
until the fat lady sings. All right. Remember then. the term? Yeah. Okay, James. See, that's why I gotta like James. James is a man of faith, folks. Take note. All right. <laughs> Marlon, you say your money is on Miami, right? Keep your money there. Keep your money there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Miami, bro. I I see Miami going. Uh, I believe Miami going to close it out in Philly and on Thursday night. Um, yeah, I know Embiid is there, but since he got hit without ball in his face, I think he's a little scared. When you know he was in a lot of pain from from the hit, um, so I think he's still nursing that um, injury on his face and concussion he had. So, but let's see. All right. But I, I, game seven would be nice in Miami. I'll be honest with you, because I would definitely try to go that mm day. -hmm. It would have been a Saturday. I would, mm -hmm. and I would still sacrifice that money and go. But courtside seats, please, because uh, yeah, if they could close it out in Philly. But if they do have a game seven, I'm definitely going to go to that game. So we'll see. All right, let's see. And now it is time for Caribbean Corner. U.S. indicts Haitian gang leader over missionaries kidnapping. The grand jury in the United States has indicted a Haitian gang leader for his alleged involvement in the kidnapping of a group of Christian missionaries in Haiti last year. This is according to the U.S. Justice Department. In a statement on Tuesday, the department said 29-year-old Jolie Germain, also known as Yon Yon, was indicted for conspiracy to commit hostage-taking over the kidnapping of 17 missionaries near the capital, Port-au-Prince, back in October 2021. The missionaries, 16 U.S. citizens and one Canadian, were taken on October 16 while returning from an orphanage east of Port-au-Prince. The group involved included five children, an eight-month-old infant, and their Haitian driver was also abducted. They had traveled to the Caribbean nation on a trip organized by Christian Aid Ministries, a church group based in the U.S. state of Ohio. Bayesian coach wins soccer championship in the USA. That's good. Barbadians continue to excel in the United States sporting circuit. Last week, John Ward coached the Atlanta International Schools AIS to their second Georgia High School Association state title. The Grisette St. Michael native produced a tactical masterpiece to lead AIS to a 5-3 victory over Athens Academy at the McEachern High School field. Good job. Good for you, John Ward. Well done. Continue to excel. Over in Jamaica, more than 2,000 NWC workers strike over compensation issues. More than 2,000 National Water Commission workers across Jamaica, including some management personnel, are now on strike. As a result, customers are being advised to store water as it is not yet clear how long the industrial action will continue. Speaking with Loop News on Tuesday, trade unionist Helene Davis-White said workers from right across all the bargaining units of the NWC decided that enough is enough for them. And so 
they have decided to take action this morning. And that was yesterday. She said that she has been receiving suggestions that most parishes are now being affected by the action taken by NWC workers. The NWC workers are represented by the Jamaica Association of Local Government Officers, of which Davis White is the General Secretary. She explained to Loop News that the protest surrounds issues relating to workers' compensation. Additionally, Davis White indicated that NWC workers have been largely left out of the government's new compensation review for public sector workers. What has really caused the workers to take this action is a reclassification exercise for which the unions had an agreement dating back to 2008. Come on, folks, fix that because water lock off all the time. Anyway, people need their water. Please compensate the folks, get to the bargaining table and come up with a reasonable solution. Reasonable, please. A Trini man wins the Florida lottery. A Trinidadian man is over U.S. $3 million richer after winning a lottery in Miami. Florida Lottery announced that the 57-year-old of St. Joseph Trinidad claimed a $5 million top prize from the Gold Rush Limited scratch-off game at the lottery's Miami district office. See, Marlon, I did tell you, we, know, we don't have to drive to Tallahassee. They do have an office here. So when we do win, right? We can just go to the Miami office. We'll be okay. And the office is at Northwest 12th Street in Miami. The man who was named purchasing uh, his winning ticket from InfoPlace USA. Hmm. All right. The lottery's $20. It was a $20 ticket, Marlon. The lottery's $20 scratch-off game from Gold Rush Limited features 32 top prizes of $5 million and 100 prizes of $1 million. So, folks. Get to those scratch-offs. If you can't win the big one, start with the scratch-offs. The $20 ones seem to be doing well for a lot of people. i got to try something. Yeah, congrats indeed, Orange. Congrats. Oh, Orlando, bunch of winners up there. Um, Do we need to go elsewhere and try buying tickets? You know some oh. people do that, right? Oh, cut you, but I wonder if that's my cousin. <laughs> From Trinidad. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder. Let me go. Let yeah, me hit, a, go hit him up. Oh <laughs> my mom, if that's our cousin. Oh my gosh! Yeah. What's his name? What's his name? Maybe he's my cousin. <laughs> Y'all are too bad. So his name is not given. All it says he's a fifty-seven-year-old man from Saint Joseph Trinidad. His well, name—he was—his name was not given. They'd made a uh, Yeah, he's not my cousin. That's not my cousin. That's good, though. Like that. They don't, they don't give you a name if you don't want to. That's good. Yes. I wish they did that all over. That it would be standard, you know, because when they give out your name, people appear out of the woodworks, you know? Yeah, they appear. And all of a sudden, I'm your, your cousin, your relative, your this, your dad, and everybody has every issue in the world. That they need you to solve for them. Yeah. So our final story out of the Caribbean corner. Student sexually assaulted on UE Mona campus. A female student was last Thursday sexually assaulted in a restroom on the University of the West Indies Mona campus. 
and that's in Jamaica. In a statement sent to members of the UE community late Monday, a copy of which was obtained by Loop News, the UE said the student was sexually assaulted about 2 p.m. on May 5th in a restroom in the vicinity of the annex and Senate buildings. The incident was immediately reported to the Jamaica Constabulary Force and a team was deployed to the campus to investigate. The UE Mona campus has taken the matter seriously and is providing all relevant assistance to the police in an effort to apprehend the perpetrator. According to the regional institution, care has also been taken to provide psychosocial support for the student. The investigation is ongoing. Deputy Principal of the Mona campus, Professor Ian Boxell, is quoted as saying, the well-being of our student has been our priority since the occurrence of the incident and the campus has taken steps to provide all the necessary support at this critical time. We have reached out to the family of the student and will continue to dialogue as we continue to support. The UA told members of its community that since the incident, the security team has enhanced its operational plan to include the increased monitoring of restrooms. Restrooms that are in extremely remote locations will be kept closed for now. Great attention will be placed on persons loitering on campus and those found to be loitering will be subjected to greater levels of interrogation by the security team. I remember when I lived um, in Gordontown for a little bit, you could, leaving, I'm trying to remember, when you would leave, because at that time I was working at the Crossroads branch of NCB. Anyway, you take the back roads and you back roads, back roads, back roads, because you're trying to avoid the traffic on Hope Road, which is ridiculous. Um, you you could go through a back gate of you, which is just open. It's there, just open. So you drive through Yui, come through the back gate, go through the main gate, and then you make your way up to Papine, and then up Gordon Town Road, up to Gordon Town. Um, I don't know if they have since changed that, but it's pretty much a free for all. Anybody can get on the campus. I hope that has changed. I hope it's not the same now. You know because. And I'm not saying that this the, the, the perpetrator is somebody who is not attending the school. I'm not saying that. But that is one measure that could be put in place, you know, in terms of security. Limiting access to people who have no business on the premises, right? If you're not there to pick up somebody, drop somebody off, you really shouldn't be there. If you're not a student, whatever. Or going to the um, office, you really shouldn't be there. I'm just saying. A little more control in that regard. Yep, those are stories out of Caribbean Corner. And now it is time for Latin American stories. Paraguayan anti-drug prosecutor Marcelo Pecci has been shot dead while honeymooning on a Colombian Caribbean island by men who fled by sea police and his widows said. Paraguay's president denounced the crime as a cowardly murder and a fellow prosecutor said the modus operandi was reminiscent of the drug mafia. Pecci, 45, was felled by two shots on Tuesday while relaxing on a beach on the tourist island of Baru, according to his wife, Paraguayan journalist Claudia Aguilera, whom he married on April 30 in the nearby city of Cartagena. Two men attacked Marcelo. They came in a small boat or on a jet ski. The truth is I did not see well, she told El Tiempo. 
One of the assailants got out and without a word, he shot Marcelo twice. One bullet hit him in the face and another in the back. She said her husband of less than two weeks had not received any threats. The motive for the killing was not immediately known, but Paraguayan prosecutor Augusto Salas, a colleague of Pecci, said the modus operandi was indeed that similar to the drug mafia. Colombian police chief Jorge Luis Vargas said five homicide investigators have been dispatched to Baru and will receive backing from Paraguayan and U.S. experts. A woman in El Salvador has been sentenced to 30 years in prison for the death of her unborn child following an obstetric emergency, according to a rights group. The Citizen Group for the Decriminalization of Abortion said on Monday that the 28-year-old woman, identified by the court only as Esme, had suffered a health emergency while pregnant in 2019 and sought assistance at a local hospital. She was later convicted of homicide and handed the lengthy sentence after serving two years of pre-trial detention. The case is the first of its kind in the past seven years in the country, the group said. Abortion is illegal in El Salvador, even in the cases of rape and when the woman's health is in danger. Rights observers say the law, which went into effect in 1998, is enforced to such an extent that women have been punished for having miscarriages and stillbirths or other obstetric emergencies. The rule is a hard blow for the road to overcome the criminalization of obstetric emergencies that, as the Inter-American Court of Human Rights has already pointed out, must be treated as public health problems. The ruling, which was not immediately confirmed by the government, would represent a step back for the Latin American country, which has attracted international condemnation for its strict abortion laws. Over the last 20 years, the government has criminally prosecuted some 181 women who suffered obstetric emergencies, according to the citizen group. The conviction follows a string of decisions to release women who were reportedly convicted in similar circumstances. In 2021, advocates and celebrities rallied behind the last 17 movement, which highlighted 17 women who had been convicted for suffering a miscarriage or an obstetric emergency. Five of those women have since been released from prison. In November last year, the Inter-American Court of Human Rights ruled that El Salvador had violated the rights of a woman identified as Manuela, who was sent to prison for breaching the abortion laws and died while serving her 30-year sentence. While past attempts to legalize abortion in El Salvador have largely failed, advocates of abortion hopes that voiced hope that a so-called green wave of laws loosening restrictions on abortions in the region could influence national politics. I doubt there's going to be any change, especially, you know, countries tend to follow the U.S., right? Copy whatever you want to call it. Now, with what is swirling around the Supreme Court of Judges as it pertains to Roe versus Wade, if that gets overturned, I highly doubt that El Salvadorians will have the opportunity to have their laws loosened. How can you say that a, an abortion, in that case, not an abortion, it's a termination of a pregnancy, should not be in effect if the woman's life is at risk 
So let her die. That's it. That's straight madness. I don't understand that one. That makes no sense. Makes no sense, Apple. No sense whatsoever. You're gonna punish someone for having a miscarriage. That's not their fault. A stillbirth, not your fault. Ectopic pregnancy, not your fault. Mexico City, back on the news again. But I can understand where the president is coming from. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador threatened to boycott, boycott next month's summit of America, saying Tuesday that his participation will not be confirmed unless host country United States invites Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. Participation in the Los Angeles summit has not yet been resolved because we are proposing that no one is excluded because we seek the unity of all America. And all America refers to Latin America, or what they refer to the Americas, the Caribbean, everybody. And that's according to Lopez Obrador. We feel that there should be no confrontation. Even with the differences, we must dialogue. All Americans, then, we are yet to resolve this issue. We have a very good relationship with the government of President Biden. We want everyone to be invited. That's the position of Mexico. U.S. officials have repeatedly said the governments of Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela will not be invited to the summit due to their human rights records. As host country, the U.S. has the privilege of selecting leaders to be invited to the summit. However, the White House said on Tuesday that no decisions have been made following Lopez Obrador's comments. We haven't made a decision about who will be invited. That's the latest that was issued by White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. If Lopez Obrador foregoes Mexico's part of the gathering, which is set to take place in June, it would constitute a considerable snub toward the White House and U.S. President Joe Biden's administration in particular, who have tried to use the summit as an opportunity to strengthen Latin America's ties with the U.S. amid increasing Chinese interaction in the region. And here's what I will say to the um, little old me in my little humble corner, right? Here's what I will say. Please extend the invitation. You may not agree with how the leaders of those countries um, run their homes, right? But do not dispel the opportunity to be able to probably make a change, have an impact in the way they're thinking, have them probably consider changing their policies and how they treat their, their, their um, residents. When you completely block out the person, you're not really giving them an opportunity to air their side, which is somewhat of a dictatorship to some degree, right? It's either my way or no way. It's what the U.S. is pretty much saying. If they're going to say um, Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua will not be invited. So I would say invite them. That may be a turning point for these countries, leaders. We don't know, right? You can't expect change to happen if you're not willing to make a change as well. Does that make sense? I hope it does. You have to be willing to make some sort of change, some sort of um, inclusion to help 
to at least even if you crack the door open and if you crack that door open and you're able to put your foot through that crack guess what there's an opportunity may not happen right now but who's to tell it very well could too so us don't shut them out please go ahead james yeah yeah i was saying it it's it's it sound like it just sounds so hypocritical because they're willing to engage with them to 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 talk about oil since you know since the, the war in Ukraine. <laughs> yes. But you're not going to invite them because of, so what so, like their human rights, um, um, what they're doing with their human rights, it doesn't affect you. You're okay with buying with getting their oil, but you're not okay mm-hmm. with you know it mm-hmm. it, it sounds hypocritical, <laughs> and <laughs> and and they they're not, and it's bullying because because they're not. America is not accusing them of nothing that China is. They're not accusing China of. So, you know, they're they're, they're willing to sit down with China because they can't bully China, you know. But they can't sit down with Cuba or Venezuela. Hypocrites. <laughs> it is. You're absolutely right, James. Yeah. We need to take the matter out of our eye before we start taking it out of other people's eye, right? <laughs> And here's what we need to be looking out for. DJ Naturalist presents Classic Sundays every Sunday, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern. And tune into Naturalist Live with DJ Naturalist every Monday and Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern inside the Quality Music Zone. QMZRadio.com. It's music news and naturalists' views. Monday nights are made for days after dark. It's real relationship talk. Join Moments Sinatra Rosolo and Marlon at 10 p.m. Eastern on Clubhouse and tune in to QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Join us next week for another stimulating conversation. Join Rosolo for The Rosolo Show Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern on JanoRadio.com and on Clubhouse and The Rosolo Show Club. Tune in to Wanted Fridays every Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, and Freestyle Saturdays, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, with Mix Master Kevon on JanoRadio.com. Saturdays, 4 to 7 p.m., it's Blazing Saturdays with DJ Simple, and on Sundays at 4 to 7 p.m. Eastern, DJ Simple returns with Big People Sunday. Coming up after the music break, it's Believe It or Not News plus entertainment news. Here's a little bit more from Diana Ross. This is one of my favorites of hers. Um, Ain't no mountain high enough. call my name I'll be there in a hurry on that you can depend and never worry
Thank you to all our listeners tuned in on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. And of course, a huge thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse for the conversation happens. Thank you, Javette, for this week's playlist for hashtag WCW Woman Crush Wednesday. Earlier, we heard songs from Donna Summers. Now it's all about Diana Ross. I love that song. Ain't no bound high Keep me from you. So I just saw a text in the um, WhatsApp. <laughs> Somebody says they're sending a message to Diana Ross. Now, I guess um, they're going to tell Diana, you said it. So no man is going to keep me away from you. <laughs> and now it is time for our Believe It or Not stories. This one is so sad. A Texas mother has been sentenced to 30 years in prison for allegedly letting her underage daughter marry a man who is 34 years older. Last week, Cherry Payton, 43, was sentenced to 30 years in prison for allowing her 13-year-old daughter to marry a 47-year-old man. The case gained light after the teen told her doctor in 2017 that she was sexually active with her husband, who is 34 years her senior, KIRO7 reports. Peyton claims she allowed her daughter to wed the older man because it aligned with their religious beliefs, which include her allegedly being a Hebrew Israelite. The teen and the man were married for a year prior to her doctor learning the situation, according to the news station. Following the doctor's visit, law officials subsequently arrested the child's husband, who was identified as 47-year-old Stephen Party. In addition, during their investigation, deputies found out that there was actually never a marriage license signed off on in the county. 
While Texas has some exceptions that would allow a child who is 16 to be married, the legal age of marriage is 18. Peyton was charged with continuous sexual abuse of a young child, and Carrie was charged with aggravated assault of a child. Peyton is looking at 30 years in prison, while Carrie is set to serve two sentences, a 22-year sentence and a 20-year sentence for both charges. Both of them will have to register as sex offenders for the rest of their lives, the news outlet reports. Investigators say there appears to be other cases of sexual abuse that happened between Peyton and her daughter. In the midst of the ongoing case, the minor was adopted. Although the child victim in this case was failed by her mother time and time again, she was surrounded in the courtroom by a strong support system. We are grateful for her adoptive mother, her court advocate, her CASA, and the caseworkers from Child Protective Services that supported the child throughout this investigation and trial. Lady, lady, you're 13-year-old with a 47-year-old man? Really? How much was he paying you for your daughter? How much was he paying? And you, what's his name? Stephen, you really look on that child that could be your daughter, could also be your granddaughter, if my math is right, more daughter, but um, really? 13 years old. Uh, but Cheryl, you have to remember too, I mean, not gonna, I don't condone it, but that's their religion too, so... But you're um, not there in the Hebrew region. You're not in Israel. I yeah, get that. I thought about uh, that, Marlon. Yeah, but they practice it here. It's not right. It's not. Um, it's not practiced here in the states. But in their church or wherever they do their thing, they preach it to them. So basically, it's um, that's what they believe. So whatever the whatever the pastor, whoever it is, tell them they're going to think it's okay not knowing that in in the u.s it's not okay because if you want to do stuff like that you got to go to different countries where you know really preach it and, and condone it so but i'm not i'm i don't know i can't say she she's wrong for doing what she do but she they need to be blamed that the uh, pastors or whoever planned that in her head you know because and as I said to you a long time ago, we are easily brainwashed. If you can control somebody's mind, you can control them all over. And a lot of these churches or different, whoever it is, they know how to control people. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't, it's, it's just a religion. That's all I have to say. I get it, and I understand in certain parts of the other side of the world, probably here on this side of the world too, but um, that I know, for example, in India, child marriages, in some parts of um, the Middle East, child marriages, and that's coming from way back when. Um, if, if, if memory serves me well, correct me if I'm wrong, when Mary had Jesus, I think Mary was 14 years old, right? Yeah, she was. Mary was 14 years old and she was 
betrothed to get married to Joseph. So I understand that it's coming from way back that once you um, reach 12, 13, you are married. And that's not our custom. That's the thing. It is not our custom. It's not um, what's done in the States. It's frowned upon. It's looked down on. Right? Um, so because you know the country you're living in, you should know that you can't do that here. And well, here's course. the thing. But Hold on, Marla. Here's the thing. It wasn't even a legal wedding. She just gave the child to the man because there's nothing on record why didn't she wait until the child was 16 years old where they make special um they make special exceptions where you can allow the child to be married married at 16. why the man couldn't wait for the child to turn 16 if you're so desperate for a little girl because big old man not appeal to you no more or probably never did go ahead marlon i'm sorry no, it's okay. Is the are they gonna charge a guy as well? Yeah, both hear? of them. The, are they both? Yeah, thirty years. The mother is getting thirty years, while the man is getting a twenty-two year sentence and a twenty-year sentence. So the oh. man is being charged with aggravated assault of a child, and the mother is being charged with continuous sexual abuse of a young child. Okay, I didn't miss, I missed that part. Okay, all right. They're now sex offenders for the rest of their lives. For the rest of their lives. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Here, Rome is the U.S. You can't do it at 13. If you're so desperate for a virgin... Wait until the child, preserve the child. Tell the mother to preserve the child and until she's 16 and let's see if the courts will allow me to marry this 16-year-old. Still oh. so too young, 16. I mean, yeah, because by the time the child reaches 16. Yeah, but you know, I'm just saying because in the state of Texas, they make exceptions, right? Uh, the only thing is that by the time the child is 16, this man is 50 years old because he's now 47. Three more years, he's 50. What an... Eve. Oh, Lord Jesus. Can you imagine me now? At, how old am I, Marlon? Don't answer that. <laughs> no, don't answer that, because I know what you're doing. <laughs> now, imagine me. At my young green age of 49, go take up a man 30 years my senior. What may I do with one 79 year old man? For do what? I'm not even gonna do it in my <laughs> Yeah, you can do it. What's wrong with in that? In my my a young green girl. Me figure up a 79 year old man. Can be scared, care, it can be, be, be caregiver, you know, change his diaper and his dentures and stuff. You know, you'll be all right. <laughs> hey, mom, moments, remember, remember the vice president did it, so it can be done. Huh? Remember the vice president did it, so it can be done. Which vice president? Kamala, she was with someone that was, um, I think, 35 years older than her. You didn't know that? <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't know. 
Yeah, she was with um, what's his name? He is is, I think a senator or something like that too. Um, one of the, the this black guy, one of the the first um black senator, something like that. But he's old, like he, they were together when you she was like about thirty something, and he was like seventy. Yeah, <laughs> and and him and him leave her if you're a younger girl. <laughs> He left for a younger girl. It's like, did he? After a certain age, did he don't want you? You know that, right? <laughs> My biggest gap was 24 years, but wow. 70 year old? The oldest I can go, Sonette, is 10. That's it. 10. 10. Yeah, at this point in our lives, we're yeah. not going to go for no wrinkly old man. No. When I was 26 and he was 50, he was 50 and fine as all get up. But, you know, mm -mm. that was fine. Yeah, that but was, not now. No, 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 definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, my husband is what, uh, seven years old. I'm time, time, time to start looking for a new model because he's trying to break in some part, you know. I still love him, but I need a younger model. Uh, Marlon, see, I'm not the only one. See, you see. <laughs> Nice proposal when naturally talk about yesterday on your show. What did he talk nice about? Nice proposal your, your husband gave you. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Right? You see? Uh, it, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. Know? It's a fantastic story. But a younger model would be nice right now, you know? I see I see signs of deterioration coming around the edges. You know, I need some speckle here and there. and Yeah. Marlon, she didn't say she's getting rid of him. She never no, said she's getting rid of the husband. We keep, we're keeping y'all. We're going to keep y'all. So it's like she need a pool, need a pool boy now. Yeah. Um, yeah pool boy. Yes, Annette. Not too young, though. Not too young. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Oh, gosh. Lord, let me behave myself. <laughs> but you see how they feel, though, Sonette. They don't like when we say I that. Do. But they would quickly pick up a young girl on the side. Mm-hmm quickly without hesitation find something nice and young but they don't like when we say that um we're gonna find something nice and young they don't like it see how it feels <laughs> because we want to our youth you know we want a nice young so what happened like to us we don't want to maintain our youth too no not all Today is May 11th, 11.32 a.m. Remember what Marlon said. We're old. Sonette, don't forget. Don't forget. So when you hear me okay. on the show and you hear me in the you hear me talking to somebody in the background, don't be surprised. Don't say a word, folks. Just roll with it. Rock with it. Lean with it. You know? Yeah. So I'm going to be putting out applications. <laughs> I would love to see <laughs> the applicants who's going to apply. That's all right. I will, I will screen them for you. I'll help you out. I don't know big deal. Go ahead. So, see, ladies and gentlemen, I got the consent that um, Will Smith gave Jada. <laughs> oh, Marla, you know, easy enough. <laughs> Where? <laughs>
Chew one arc, or say one, Chew one act. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm done. But this mother lives in the United States. I understand that you're going to say that, um, what you say? She's a Hebrew Israelite. Israelite. Okay. Do you not know that group? I mean, I'm surprised you're not a, you're not familiar with the Hebrew Israelites. Poor Ranger, them on, see them on them purple and them transform them poor Ranger uniform, all kind of something out there. See me? <laughs> just, just that them believe say yo Jesus and everybody on the Bible black. You know what I mean? So yeah. Others say them white, them say them black. Um, who know the Bible and Jesus black? That's a them thing. Let me tell you something, Senna. If I follow up everything, I'll go crazy. Some things I'm okay <laughs> not following up, right? Really? Yes, yeah, so I'm going to look They're them a up. Huge I'm a group, in yeah. my opinion. I remember being in, in New York. I was walking. I had a, my boyfriend at the time was a Chinese man. Yes, I have dated multiple people multiple times. Uh, hold on, so no, I can't have this. That, that's a days after dark conversation. No, 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 no. But no, no, it's not. Not at all. But, um, so my boyfriend was Mike Chin, he was Chinese, mm-hmm. and obviously so. We walk in the street, and these people just attacked us. Really? Because I am, I am betraying my race really? by dating outside. Are you serious? These are these people. Hebrew Israelites believe that, that um, they are black Jews. That is their major um, stomping and thing. They're, 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 they're a hate, in my opinion, and they're a hate group. As you wish, they're a hate group. That's so a hate group. I will stick with it. Um, and not no, don't worry about it. Days after dark, yeah, I'll tell you that part later. But <laughs> they are. Um, I do not trust or believe in anything these people say. They mm-hmm. are misled. They are. They do. They they spread misinformation mm-hmm. constantly, and that mm-hmm. is what what they do. And they use their their uh, we're religious groups, so they can do all these things. And here we go abusing children yes it's like there are lots of other groups who do that and they don't get the same they don't get to get off because they're not black or whatever because the same thing happens in utah with these um mm-hmm. people who marry children and multiple wives and all that mm-hmm. it's not that's not cool so my feelings on them is is more um right on the on the front because they have bothered me so yeah. they they get more of my vitriol than than the others because they don't they don't affect me as much. Understandably but so. Then speaking, understandably so, Sina. So let me say this: I have let me ask you because I will be scrolling through um, clubhouse the streets the hallways right, and I have seen rooms with titles, and I'm like, oh my gosh! So the titles I've seen, I'm trying to remember the exact titles because I don't want to misquote, but the titles I'm seeing would somehow allude to these groups of people being the ones hosting those spaces. There, there, is, a, there, there is a contingency on Clubhouse. They, there are groups of them in Jamaica because you've seen, you may have seen them at some point. They pop up in different rooms, different spaces, and they want to tout their, um, their feelings and their beliefs. On people and in, and most people that give them maybe a second of their time they're like okay no we're not in stand for this nonsense right. but other people allow them to speak and I mean you you give the people time to speak because it happens all the time but you know what to take away from it mm-hmm. and then move away as quickly as you can as I tend to can. leave spaces when they jump in because I don't need to hear their stuff oh, I don't no. trust and I don't believe them yeah I thank you so much Sina. coming up after the music break we do have entertainment news 
and a moment with me. Here is Diana Ross with I'm Coming Out.
That was Donna Ross. I'm coming out. Donna. You know, I don't cut you. That's that's my favorite song right there. <laughs> Love that song. Well, you can say thank you to Javad. She selected the artists for today: Diana Ross and Donna Summers. Hashtag WCW. There you go, Marlon. Tell Javette thank you. I just did. Thank you, Mr. Vet. Let me hear you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> She's probably at work, Marlon, and not able to speak right now. She's flashing her mic. Yes. Um, welcome to all our listeners tuned in on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Of course, a huge thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse. This is where the conversation happens. Welcome to Coffee in Tow World News on the Go every Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. And now it's time for entertainment news. Ah, Tokyo Tony and Black China reportedly have a talk show in the works. Yes, folks. Mm -hmm. Tokyo Tony says that she and Black China will be reuniting for their talk show. According to TMZ, the two are working on a new show different from the familiar reality-based TV series. Unlike previous shows, the real Black China and Tokyo Tony's Finding Love ASAP the forthcoming show will be a talk show with celebrity guests. It's reported that Tony asked TMZ to come on the show for a sit-down, and they said, why the hell not? Tokyo even revealed that the talk show would air on her network, SHN. I didn't even know Tokyo had a network. That's going to be ghetto, ghetto, <laughs> ghetto. I don't care what nobody wants to say. Ghetto. You're such a hater, Marlon. You How do you really feel, Marlon? How do you really feel? <laughs> and for those who don't know who Tokyo Tony is, let me go ahead and pin the link at the top of the page for you. <laughs> Marlon, don't act like you ain't going to even watch the first episode. <laughs> Actually, probably not, because I'm not a fan of Black China in Tokyo anyway, so it don't matter. But it's, it's going to be ghetto. Um, it's going to be all trap, everything. So n nothing is wrong with that. They got, they got. They have the audience. They have the audience. They have the audience. So it's okay. I mean, we all, we all can be the same. So, but if you're not ghetto, don't watch it. <laughs> I wouldn't say that though, Marlon, because I might watch it just to get the laughter. And look at how ridiculous, because. Have y'all ever listened to Tokyo speak? Tokyo. I only heard her name in this room, and then I'm like, who is Tokyo Tony? I looked up, is that a man? Then I look up, oh, that's our mother. Yeah. Okay. That's I know that. nothing about China, except that she was with Rob Kadhafi, and then and there's a spice song. There's a spice song. <laughs> a spice song yes, yes. I'm going to mute my mic. Yes, yes. So, Tokyo, yes, is the mother of... um. Black China. Black China got her introduction to fame, I would say, courtesy of Tiger. Tiger, she has a son with Tiger. Her first child is with Tiger. Tiger makes a lot of the um, strip club bangers. All his, most of his songs are strip club bangers, 
right? That's what he's known for. Um, I love his songs. I'm not gonna lie. I do. I do dance. When you want a good workout, yep. You want a good twerk a session, yep. Put on some Tiger. So Tiger was her introduction to um, the celebrity world. That's how she came about. Now she was also friends with Kim Kardashian. I don't know if a lot of people knew that. But she was friends with Kim Kardashian, and she's also friends. Let me tell you, this Hollywood circle is so scandalous. She's all, she was also friends with um, Amber Rose, who used to date um, Kanye. Right. Kanye. Before even Wiz. We're not even putting Wiz in the picture now. We're, we're sticking with the Kardashian-Jenner oh, oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. So she used to date. Um, she was friends with Amber. And this is where it gets messy, right? Because you're friends with Amber, you're friends with Kim, and it sounds like you just trade men in a circle. That, that's what it sounds like to me. Whatever. It works for them. Not my business. That's their problem. Not my front, theirs, okay? So I'm not going to worry about what they want to do and what they got. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so she was a stripper. She used to strip in a lot of the clubs in Miami, um, the, what was the club, Marlon, that she used to strip a lot in? I've never seen her strip, right? Um, I usually stay out of the clubs where, for example, I went to, what's that club in Miami Gardens right off of the um, interchange there, Marlon? Before you get uh -huh. to Tootsie's, that, that the, gentle, the office. Oh, yeah. I went to the office one time. I ain't never putting my foot back in the office. I can't handle it. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. So think about Tokyo Tony and think about the office. That's that's the kind of atmosphere. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. No, it's not my cup of tea. Um, did she used to perform at King of Diamonds? I don't know. I think so because I, I think so. I think she used to be at King of Diamonds. Um, yeah. But she was never at Tootsie's. Why am I calling out these clubs' names? Start, give them pre, start giving them free, free advertising. Yeah, I keep doing that. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's who she is. She was a stripper. Um, how she came to be friends with Kim Kardashian, I don't know. But um, since Kylie took Tiger, she went with Rob. <laughs> that's how the whole um, Spice song came about. Yeah, pretty much it, in a nutshell. I'm going to watch the first episode, Marlon, because I want to really see. Probably I am um, thinking less of them than I should. Probably they'll have a really good show. We don't know. They might address topics that are interesting, but it's how they're going to deliver the product, right? So let me see. Let, let, me, um, let me check them out. Antonio Brown claims racism does not exist in America cites his career earnings as proof footballer turned rapper antonio brown what rap song do, do you have antonio i don't even know has again made headlines by stating that racism in america does not exist the former tampa bay buccaneer star appeared on the well miami podcast where he shared his thoughts on a variety of things including his views on the discrimination of black and brown people in the country he insinuated that people who claim to experience racism have a mentality of being victimized. He said, there's no ra racism. You can do what you want in America and the world. 
He also seemingly backed his ideology that discrimination cannot exist since he has made upwards of $100 million in football earnings throughout his career. Often outspoken host, the uh, stunt life lifestyle, was left speechless by his comments, which seem to slightly disrupt the vibe in the room. Takes such as these are not new, as Brown is known for making eyebrow-raising comments. Days ago, he blasted former player Colin Kaepernick for being trash and using his social justice stance to gain a profit from the NFL. You took the money, the commercials, we don't see you outside, we don't see him in the hood, he doesn't do anything, Brown ranted during his appearance on the Cigar Cigar Talk podcast. Needless to say, these won't be the last outlandish statements that Antonio Brown makes. Ah, Antonio, sit down. Rockwell Nation will grow strong, you know? Sit down, Antonio. Sit down. Sit down. We don't want to hear what you have to say. Um, I don't even know who you are. Uh, sit down. Okay, you made $100 million. Go ahead. Go right ahead. He's auditioning for Fox News. <laughs> I guarantee you. I have no idea who he is, though, but... <laughs> sounds, sounds about right, naturalist. Yeah, he fits the bill for their roster. I know who he is. Yes, he was a pretty good receiver for Steelers, and um, he was in Miami for one play, and they got rid of him. He went to Tampa Bay and won the Super Bowl with them, um, and they got rid of him. That's the one they kicked off the team from Tampa Bay last year. Mm. Yeah, because <laughs> something happened, and, and they got rid of him. But he always, <laughs> I think he had mental issues anyways. I think so too. And you know, Marlon, don't you see that a lot of them who play football, especially the black players, seem to come out with mental issues if they didn't have it going in? No, I'm, and I'm being very serious right now. I'm very concerned. I am truly concerned because they get all these concussions, these hits, and I really believe that it's affecting them. Stupid just sell. I feel like I don't reach him. Stupid sells. Everybody then just jump on a phone or whatever it is and, and talk some, some stupidness. You know what I mean? And them name in the public, every night, well, who from out to you know, you get me I say, mm -hmm. and, and the attention seekers. Um, they are loose off of people. For who know what loose mean? Yeah, energy vampires. Yeah, okay. You get what I say? Yeah, so I, I, that's all it is. Stupid cells. Mm, what what I can say right now I do to make people continue to have my name in their mouth ah. to talk about me what I can do ah that's right I'm going to come out and, and talk some stupid Stupidness, raccoon yeah. foolishness yo racism no exists look at me I have a hundred million dollars you see what I say and then now when them go out and sell them something there and then them, them probably go somewhere and the police lick him upside him head or somebody say yo come out of the restaurant I don't want you in here oh, you know who I am I don't give a shit. You are an oh, N-word. Come mercy. out. Then them come out and start to say, Janus, that never work or that backfire. And then them, them themselves start to I'm a victim. I'm a victim. But brother, you just say, you, you know what I mean? Whatever, whatever. So what, what are trying to come with? Like, you know what I mean? And then when people not, not subscribe to them because of what they said before, then them start to look like, yo, oh, black people, that's our problem. And, but, but are you, brother, you know what I mean? Spread your bed, so lay long in it. 
But, come out and, and, you know what I mean? Oh, but, go Afa, ahead, sorry. but Afa, it could also go back to what I said earlier. People are clout chasers. If they don't have attention being hurled at them, they can't survive. And probably this is what he's doing, prime example. Uh, exactly. You know what I mean? So yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. You know, and next we have to be the talk about. To stay relevant. Know? To be yeah, relevant. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. So celebrity chef Mario Batali is acquitted of groping women at a Boston restaurant. Celebrity chef Mario Batali was found not guilty Tuesday at a bench trial on charges of indecent assault and battery related to the alleged groping of a starstruck patron at a Boston restaurant in 2017. Judge James Stanton noted Batali's conduct was not befitting of a public person of his stature that night five years ago, but said his accuser had significant credibility issues that supported the defendant's contention that her motive was financially for financial gain. <sighs> Batali, wearing a sport coat, smiled after the verdict and thanked his attorneys. The verdict came one day after Natalie Tenney took the stand at Batali's criminal trial in Boston, testifying that he groped her during an impromptu selfie session in 2017. Tenney said she posed for photos while Batali, while out of frame, he took advantage of the starstruck patron as she was standing close to him. His right hand was all over my breasts, all over my rear end, all between my legs. I've never been grabbed like that before, squeezing my vagina and pulling me closer to him. As if that's a normal way to pull someone in. Batali was charged with indecent assault and battery, according to the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office. He denied the allegations and pleaded not guilty. Batali stepped away from the public view in the wake of the allegations and his restaurant group cut ties with him in 2018. The New York Police Department reviewed sexual misconduct allegations against Batali, but closed its two investigations in 2019 without filing charges. And here's what we need to be looking out for, folks. DJ Naturalist presents Classic Sundays every Sunday, 2 to 5 p.m. Eastern, and tune into Naturalist Live with DJ Naturalist every Monday and Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, inside the Quality Music Zone, QMZRadio.com. It's music news and naturalist views. Monday nights are made for days after dark. It's real relationship talk. Join Moments, Sinatra Solo, and Marlon at 10 p.m. Eastern on Clubhouse, and tune in to QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Join us next week for another stimulating conversation. Join Rose Solo for the Rose Solo Show Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on JanoRadio.com and on Clubhouse in the Rose Solo Show Club. Tune into Wanted Fridays every Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, and Freestyle Saturdays, 7 to 10 p.m. with Mixmaster Kevon on JanoRadio.com. Saturdays and Sundays, it's Blazing Saturdays with DJ Simple and Big People Sundays with DJ Simple. Coming up after the music break, a moment with me. But right now, here is Marvin Gaye and Diana Ross with You Are Everything. Oh, darling. I wanted to be everything.
a moment with me look at the sparrows they do not know what they will do the next moment let us literally live from moment to moment mahatma gandhi if we stay focused on what is to come or what is already past we will not be able to enjoy the present our gift for today to all the listeners tuned in on qmzradio.com and janoradio.com and to everyone who joined me right here on Clubhouse where the conversations happen, thank you for tuning in and joining me for Coffee and Toe World News on the Go every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views. Always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. Thank you so much. Couldn't do this without you. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask that you please be safe. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks, and I look forward to seeing you all here with me tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. Ladies, 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 ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Jano Radio. Jano Radio. We are we are we are online 24-7. We, 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 we hope you enjoyed the show. Bye-bye. And to my clubhouse.